Hey ladies, welcome to the mom training podcast. It is such a treat today because we have Laura Froyan with us today, who is absolutely amazing. Now, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do and, and a little bit about your passion. Yeah, absolutely. So I have my PhD in human development and family studies with a specialization in marriage and family therapy. So I was a practicing family and couple therapist for a while. Uh, I also was a professor where I studied how parenting influences child development. Uh, but I left academia because I was really feeling confined in my ability to actually help parents who needed it most. And I wasn't able to maintain balance in my own life. So now I get to work with families all over this beautiful world as they try to figure out what their big priorities and values are in their parenting and in their family lives, and then start living in alignment with those big goals and values. So what, what is something that you feel has been like a main priority? Like, have you seen like a, a I don't know, a pattern when you're talking with people about what, what, what people's priorities are? Yeah, so lots lots of people want their kids to come out of their childhood knowing that they are worthy and lovable exactly as they are. So they want their kids to feel unconditional love and acceptance from their parents. And then the other big one that I see a lot um, is that they want their kids to be successful. Um, of course, successful means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, um, but that is a, a word that comes up a lot. So they want their kids to feel um, seen and heard and valued, know how to, um, you know, know what a healthy relationship looks like, have a healthy relationship with themselves, and also be successful, whether that's financially, having a family, kind of whatever that means to the family. Okay. Oh, yeah. So do you feel like most of those parents that are coming to you maybe didn't have that? That's, mm -hmm. you know, coming from families that maybe they didn't feel that they were loved or cherished the way that they were? Like, what's your, been your, your experience with that? Yeah, most of the grownups I get to work with have this, have somewhere along the line, often very unintentionally from their parents, but somewhere they got the idea that there were parts of themselves that weren't lovable or acceptable or parts of themselves that they needed to hide or prune away in order to be lovable and acceptable. And this is a story that's as old as time. This has been, these things have been passed down from generation to generation. Parents unwittingly give that message to children, um, sometimes through really harsh parenting, through abuse, and sometimes through not so harsh parenting, just kind of every day, like, gosh, what's wrong with you? Why can't you put your, you know, your shoes on? That kind of just, just, just gentle, kind of just lesser stuff still sends that message. And so lots of the parents I work with are trying to figure out, okay, so how do I teach my kids to feel unconditionally worthy and lovable when I don't necessarily know that about myself. And for me, in my work with parents, it always starts with the parent. You cannot offer your kids an environment in which they are unconditionally loved if you're not also offering that environment to yourself. Right. And I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on parents <laughs> yeah. to, to make sure that those bases are covered. And I, I know that, you know, my parents tried their best and their parents mm -hmm. tried their best and, you know, they weren't trying to, you know, mess their kid up. I mean, maybe there are situations where people are 
actively really being mean or, you know, abusive, like you said, but I think a lot of times parents are really trying their best to create are. the best situation that they can. But again, if they're wounded, if they have, you know, things that, that they have believed from their childhood mm-hmm. and bring with them, like it just creates a bunch of problems. So I, I, I just, I'm curious about like, you know, say that you work with those parents and it brings in, say they have like specific, you said you work with them. So like they have specific triggers that will, mm-hmm. you know, really set them off or make it like, are those the kind of things you have to work with? with those Yeah. Parents? Yeah. And I just want to mention something. So in no way do I ever want to give the impression that a parent has to be perfect in order to have those bigger picture outcomes. Right. So oftentimes we get those ideas simply because of a miscommunication between parents and children. So parents are doing their best. They are trying to keep their kids safe. They're trying to help their kids be successful and they miscommunicate. They And kids misunderstand what parents are doing. Most of, most of our own wounds that we look back on and think about like, why did my parent do that? If we really got into the, our parents' head, they had the best of intentions. They were trying to teach us something to keep us safe or teach us something to help us be successful. Um, and it wounded us. And that's just the right. fact that there's miscommunications and relationships from time to time. Um, Most of the parents that I work with have are attempting to be more respectful or conscious parents Um, that there's lots of different definitions for these terms or gentle parents or positive parents using positive discipline or peaceful parenting um, where they're trying to move away from punitive approaches to discipline um, and use more positive approaches to discipline. Um, where discipline instead of meaning punishment discipline means guidance and teaching Um, most of the parents i work with know what they're supposed to be able to say and do with their kids they know the right thing to do they know how they should be parenting but there's certain points in their day-to-day lives with their kids where they are so reactive that there's not enough space in between kind of when the kid does something and when words are falling out of their mouth um, to actually parent the way that they know that they're supposed to, know that they want to, um, so that they end up almost by accident parenting outside of alignment uh, with their higher goals. Um, Because, you know, there's a number of different reasons why that reactivity can be so high for parents. Um, But usually it has to do with some some trigger or some flooding of emotion where they're flooded with negative emotion and can't think rationally and can't choose and consciously decide how to parent. They're just parenting based on really old scripts, scripts that have been handed down through their family for generations. One of mine, for example, is um, in my home growing up, uh, frustration and whining were not tolerated. My mom met that with stop that right now. And you know, that's my default. So when I hear whining and frustration and when I, my, you know, when I'm stressed out, maybe haven't had a chance to do my like yoga or go for a walk and I haven't had a time to take good care of myself, my window of tolerance is narrowed. That's my, like, I have to work really, really hard to not say, stop that right now. You know, that's just the pattern. Luckily for me, I became aware of that pattern with my niece before I was a mom. So I started working on that years before I was, yeah, before I was a mom. So that one is fine for me right now, but it's still 
flip, you know, the, our neural pathways are so interesting. It's like being on a highway, right? And so I don't know, probably everybody who's listening has had moments like these where you, you like my daughter changed schools when between when she was two and three. And the first week of her going to that new school, I cannot tell you the number of times I ended up in her old school's parking lot. You know what I mean? Because you're just like, it's just going through the motion. This is your habit. This is like, okay, in the morning, I drive my kid to school and this is where I go. And our brains are the same. We have all these neural highways in our brain. And like, before we know it, we're on to this other road that we're used to going on. And so learning something new is about rebuilding neural pathways. And um, yeah, that's what I love to do. I go, I don't know. That's what I love to do. Okay. So, so it sounds like the first step is being aware of that there might be like a potential reactor or a trigger. And then so the, the second step is learning how to create the new neural pathways. So yeah. what are some ways that we could do that? Like when, when we're like high in emotion, I love what you say that like, it really is like this flood of emotion. When we get yeah. upset about something, we're like, I don't know where this came from, but yeah, like, you know, stop the whining or, you know, get out of my stuff or stop touching things. Or why did you do that? You know, just and listen to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. what, how do we make those new neural pathways? You're going to love this. You're going to love this. You train your brain, you do, you train it. <laughs> and so I have this. Um, so once you're aware of where your triggers are, and most of us can make a lovely little roadmap of our days with our kids and know exactly where they are, we can predict, predict pretty clearly when they're, when we're going to get flooded. There are certain situations that usually flood us, you know. Um, so once we've got that little roadmap, then we can use, I call this the triple P method for getting the pause because that's what parents want, right? They want, they want to not be reactive with their kids. They want to be responsive. And in order to do that, you've got to get a little bit of space and time for when you can make a conscious decision on what you're going to do with your kids. So the first P is practicing. Um, you would not go out and run a marathon tomorrow if you have not been running for years, right? So you would practice, you would train your body to be ready for that. You would start off slow. You know, if you're me who I don't run, I would start off with walking. I would work up to rocking and jogging and then longer and longer distances, we would work up to it. So with this, you need to train your brain and you need to train your nervous system to calm. So um, there's lots of different methods to do this. So one is training your nervous system that when these things happen, I'm so that your nervous system is well conditioned to downshift and get into a soothed state. You can do this with mindfulness, with meditation. I personally love very, very short self-compassion based meditations, just a simple loving kindness meditation. Um, that oh, is easy. That. Oh yeah. And it, you know, and what I do, what works for me is that anytime I practice it, I always put my hand on my heart and feel the kindness and love come into me that I'm offering to myself. And then in those moments where it starts to flood, you know, the emotions start roiling, I can feel it coming on. I put my hand there and it's this, I call it a beneficial trigger. It's an anchor. It's something that shifts, down shifts your nervous system right away. And since I practice it regularly outside of these moments, as soon as my hand is on my heart, my body is already calming itself down without me having to do anything th thought wise. If oh, that makes wow. sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've learned about EFT which I can't yeah, tapping is another great one that I love, <laughs> you know, but and like how you can make triggers on, you know, other people, like when you're doing therapy and stuff, but I never thought about 
doing that to myself, you know, like as mm-hmm. I, if I put my hand on my heart, you know, when I've had babies, I I've practiced things with my husband of when he puts his hand on my forehead, it's supposed to do yeah. something or relax me or whatever. Exactly. But I, but I had never thought about, Hey, like, what if I, I love that the kindness, you know, touching my heart, like, Hey, I can bring in like, I'm a good person. I'm doing great. I am a good mom. I'm, I'm, yeah, whatever, whatever you feel like you need, you know, I love that. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. One thing that my clients also really like to do, especially for clients who have like a nervous or anxious habit. Like I had one who spins her wedding ring when she's nervous or anxious. So if you know, you've got one of those habits where you twiddle something, or maybe you play with your necklace like that, is something I do sometimes, you can intentionally do the loving kindness meditation or the affirmations while doing that, while you're doing this nervous habit and you're retraining your brain then. So when I'm feeling anxious and I naturally go to flipping my ring, you know, twiddling my rings or playing with my hair, for example, is another one, then you're retraining your body that that habit means, oh, I'm calming down now. Oh, that's when I do that, that means I'm soothing myself. Oh, when I do that, that means I'm being kind to myself. And it it's a beautiful way to hijack your powerful brain because your brain likes things to be easy. Your brain is very, very lazy and efficient. It does not want things to be difficult. So as soon as it gets the idea of like, oh, we're doing this now, or oh, we're going to think this now, it it want, it's your partner. It wants to think the new thing because it doesn't want it to have to be effortful anymore. Right. Well, you know, and you talking about that, about being able to calm ourselves down and different things. I'll tell you, when I don't get enough sleep, I can be really dangerous. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, like if I, if mm-hmm. I am, I get so imbalanced when I don't get enough sleep. Like I go on vacation and people are like, why are you going to bed? It's eight 30. I'm like, because my kids are going to be up at five in the morning. Cause we're at a different time zone. I'm not going to stay up with the adults because I want to have a good day tomorrow. Right. I want to enjoy myself. Yeah. And I want to be nice to and my not kids. yell at my kids. Exactly. Yes. You know, yes. and so it, it, I think it, I, I think it really is knowing your limits too, because, yeah. you know, if you're like that window of tolerance, do you exactly. guys know that phrase? Have is that something you've discussed on the podcast? The no, window I haven't. Of tolerance? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have this window, like this window of tolerance. So you can think about it either just like a window that you would look out in your house and the window gets bigger or smaller based on what you've got going on in your life. Things that you can handle well and smoothly fall in your window and things that are hard to handle fall outside of your window. And so like you've noticed, um, Diana, that when you've got a really lovely night's sleep, you're really well rested, your window is quite wide. It's nice and open. You can handle the ups and downs. You can handle things your kids throw at you. You can handle them really well. But when you haven't had that good night's sleep, your window narrows quite a bit. And the things that would not have pushed you over the edge on a well-rested day would. And so being really clear on what widens our window of tolerance for me being outside for an hour or so every day is has a huge impact on my window i have to be able to have it i also really need at least an hour or so a day where no one talks to me that's really important for my window and so that means i build that into my day with my kids so when we were in quarantine my kids had like this is mommy's quiet hour you are not allowed to talk to her (laughs) so that I didn't yell at, at them, you know? And so we all have to figure out 
what impacts our windows and then start building our lives, you know, to support those windows, being nice and wide open for our kids and for our families so that we can show up as our best selves. That's awesome. So say that someone is wanting, like working on, so say they going through the steps again, they they've acknowledged that, okay, this is someplace I need to work on. Um, Oh yeah. We didn't do the rest of the piece. Oh yeah. Tell me the piece, finish the piece for me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The piece. So the first P is practice. And then the next one is prepare. So again, if you're making this kind of roadmap of your days where you know where the landmines are, so you're not surprised by them anymore, then you can actually be proactive and prepared. Perhaps if there are things that consistently come up for you and your kids, you can have a proactive problem solving conversation about those. If they are things that like, happen every day but it's just the fact that your kid is three and so they resist transitions at least you know that and so you know that you can take a second before you go in any transition you know because three-year-olds three to five-year-olds do not like transitions they're really hard for them so you you know that you know your kids in that stage you can take a moment and say okay so i'm gonna about i'm about to go in here and tell him that he's got to put his legos away and put his shoes on because we're going to school okay, I'm going to be so kind to myself. We can handle this. You you engage in a little bit of self-talk and you can be ready for those moments so that when he says, no, I'm not doing it, you're there. You're ready for it. You know what to say. You're prepared. So that's the second P. um, And that really kind of goes along with this plan. So having an actual plan, um, not just for what you're going to do with your kid, but a plan for your mindset and a plan for what you're going to be saying to yourself and how you like, and the plan for your day. A lot of what you teach, I I think is probably really, really helpful and can be applied very well to this. So if we have this roadmap, we know in our life where our triggers are, where they're going to be popping up. We have these great skills that you've been teaching in your podcast all along. We can apply them to these scenarios to make life just a little bit easier on ourselves and on our kids. I love that. Well, and that, that reminds me something that I, that I love to talk about and teaches called pre-gaming and it's where <clears throat> it's not what we did in college <laughs> kind of no i'm just kidding <laughs> sorry. No, totally. that's kind of where it came from okay um but um no so pre-gaming meaning before the big moment you know i'm building up my kids or even my husband or whatever hey i want to let you know that in a like this is going to be the next step is after we finish lunch, we're all going to get our shoes and our jackets and we're going to get in the car because we're going to the store. Right. And so it's like, it's, it's kind of setting them up and it it helps me a lot too. Cause if, if it's after lunch and I'm like, okay, everyone get your shoes and your jacket and get in the car. Like I have one child that'll be like, "Ah!" like, (laughs) I mean, he'll freak out because you know, he's like, feels like he's in like this big rush and that he's going to get left. He doesn't, you know, he's, he just, <laughs> just out of, uh, you know, but if I take a moment and pregame him and say, Hey, just to let you know, when you're finished with your lunch, you need, you need to get your shoes and your jacket and we're going to get in the car. Like literally the instant he's done with his lunch, his shoes, his jacket, yeah. and he's like set it outside for me. And there's no problem. There's no, and for me, I really don't like the tantrums either. Like I don't put up with them. <laughs> Like, it just is like, sorry, that's not going to work here. So if you want to talk to me, like, that's great. But if I'm not rested, then it's, then it's like, you know, stop that right now. Like you were saying, right. So, but the pre-gaming of like, Hey, just, just letting you know, like it prevents the problem. 
you know, like it prevents the, the thing that could push me over too, and, and have him have this big, you know, freak out moment of not, not knowing what's, what's happening or whatever. He likes to be prepared. He likes to know beforehand. So I, I mean, that's something that's definitely worked for me to help prevent yeah. you know, those moments too. Like you're saying, like with preparing with a plan, um, yeah, being able to pregame. So I guess another P there, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, being able to, to my plan is, is to, is to help them understand what the next step is before we even get there. And it, it prevents a lot of problems. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And these things are like, these P's are things that work for most people. Most people like to know a little bit about what's coming up next. Most people like to feel like they've got some direction. Most people like a chance to practice things. And so, I mean, the, the these P's can also be used for when you've got tricky things coming up, like when you are needing to prep your kid for getting their, uh, you know, a shot or a dentist appointment. They These all apply to, you know, these are beautiful skills to be teaching your kids, to be using yourself, to be modeling for your kids. These are all good things. And these are things that you don't have to be quiet or sneaky about either. You can say like, okay, so we're going to be, you know, we have to run to um, the grocery store. It's really, really hard sometimes for me to go to the grocery store with all the kids because everybody's asking things and I can't concentrate on the list. Okay, so what do I need to do to make myself successful? And you can be talking about this out loud with your kids. So you're modeling this part. Okay, so right now I'm going to take a few minutes just to be calm, be kind to myself. I'm going to have a nice little thing I can say to myself when I start getting frustrated. Kids, we all are going to be on the same page. This is our list. Take a look at it. Is there anything you want to add to it right now? Let's discuss it. Because once it's on, not on the list, we're not, you know, you can certainly are welcome to look at the things in the store, but we're not buying things that are on, not on this list. Okay. All right. Does anybody need pocket money from their savings that they want to bring with them? Okay. All right. We've got our plan and now we can go, you know, and yeah, I mean, these are, these are beautiful things to do for ourselves when we know, like, we're show, there's times, there's times when we show up in our parenting in a way that is not, we know, it's not us, it's not what we want. And that's, that's part of learning and growing as a parent, like that happens to everyone, it happens to me, you know, it, it it's just part of it. But we don't have to just try to white knuckle our way through it, there's things we can do to make it easier and to actually make lasting change, like literally change the structure of our brain so that we have new habits instead of old ones that have been passed down through our generation, you know, our family for generations. Well, and what I love about what you just said right there is that it's, it's not just about like, oh, I hope that this happens. It like literally is a scientific thing. You can literally change your brain. <laughs> like <laughs> you literally. can literally change the neural pathways of your brain to think differently, to live differently, to, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, you know what? That actually gives me a lot more hope that like, I'm not just like sitting here, like wishing and praying and hoping that, oh, life will change. Like, no, it's like actually scientifically proven. Like if you practice different things, then yeah. your brain literally changes. Like, it looks cool. different when they take a picture of it, like literally looks different, lights up differently too, especially if you're using a compassion-based method, um, different parts, the emotional centers of your brain light up differently. It's beautiful. It, our brains are gorgeous and <laughs> wonderful, and we should not be afraid to use them for our benefit. They're here to serve us. They're our partners in this, you know, and it, it's 
Yeah, it's definitely, it is not something that we, you know, and it also doesn't take a lot of time. So uh, like, I will never, I'm a kind of an anxious person sitting still doing one thing for, you know, a, a prolonged period of time is hard for me. I will never be able to do a 20 minute meditation. Some, you know, hypnosis I can do other, like if someone's guiding me with it, like a real person that I'm emotionally connected to, I could probably do it. But I got five minutes when I'm on my own, when it's just me, five minutes is my max. So most of the time when I'm doing a loving kindness meditation, it's like 30 seconds at a red light yeah. or the minute that I'm standing waiting in line at the grocery store, instead of scrolling through Instagram and Facebook, I will spend, you know, the first part going through a little bit of a loving kindness meditation. And that those are really simple and easy. You know, you can Google it. There's a million on Pinterest and YouTube and it's just four lines. I like just four lines, very simple. I have it memorized. It's always available to me. And awesome. yeah, I, and it doesn't have to be, I don't know. I think meditation can seem really, really daunting and hard and it does not have to be. Or boring to some people. Or boring, yeah. <laughs> or like, I mean, and even just a moment of like mindful noticing is also really good for your nervous system. It doesn't even have to be with mantras or affirmations. Just like, huh, what do my feet feel like? I'm standing in line at the grocery store. What do my feet feel like in my shoes? Where is the seam on my on my sock? Oh, there it is. Huh. And you're just noticing, just noticing things also trains your brain to be more present, to slow down. And those are all good things when you're working with kids. That's really cool. No, I love that. Because I, I mean, it is about being in the moment. It is about having that hope. It is about, you know, reaching for like better things and, and the scientific side of your brain coming together. It's just everything that comes to like comes together to create a new moment is because really is about our choice. It's about using our own choice to say, this is what I'm going to let my brain do. This is what direction I want to go. And it's utilizing that choice to solidify those new neural pathways. Like, would you agree? Absolutely. And th I mean, and that's like, that's what conscious parenting is. Conscious parenting is not a set of tips or trip, you know, tools or tricks that you can use with your kids. It is that exactly what you just said. It is like slowing down, noticing what you're, you know, what you've been conditioned to respond to certain things in certain ways, and then deciding, making a conscious choice no, this is what I'm going to think about my kid. This is what I'm going to choose to think about my partner. This is what I'm going to choose to think about myself in this moment. And this is what I'm going to choose to do. This is what I'm going to choose to say. I'm not going to say something out of habit. I'm not going to say something because my parents said it to me. I'm not going to say something because culture has some, you know, some different idea of what kids need to be successful. Exactly. I'm going to choose right now. This is what matters to me. And that is where the true empowerment comes from. Mm -hmm. It really it's, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And, it, you know, I think lots of parents wouldn't want me to, set, to say like, well, okay, so, but what do I do? What do I say? And I'm like, that's, you know, you will know when you slow down and you start listening to yourself, you will, you will know what to say. You will. That slowing down, tuning in, we have beautiful intuitions, moms especially. Oh my gosh, we are so incredibly wise. If we can just filter out the noise and all the shoulds and oh, we, we have such great intuition. Totally agree. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so cool. So 
what is one, like say, say someone's listening right now and they're like, where do I get started? Like what, like someone that's never thought about maybe conscious parenting or like thinking about not reacting certain ways, like speak to that person right now. That's, that's completely new coming to you saying, help me. What would you say to them? Yeah. So, I mean, taking just a little bit of time to journal, hopefully handwriting it too. Um, I'm really passionate about handwriting and journaling. It's again, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but there's hard science that shows, you know, that shows that we process and retain information better when we handwrite it. So handwrite um, and just get curious with yourself. What do I want out of my motherhood? What do I want out of my time with my children? When my kids look back on their childhood, what do I want them to remember about me and about our relationship and their time with me? Um, what do I want them to know about themselves as they come out of a childhood spent with me? And how can that impact what I do on a daily basis? So just as an example, if um, we want our, you know, I have two strong-willed <laughs> fierce daughters. I want them to stand up for themselves. I want them to go out into this world and take no crap from anybody. You know, I want them to push back. I want them to get what they want. I want them to know themselves and stand up for themselves. And so in the moment when I think it's too cold outside and they need to have a coat on and they say, no, I'm hot, I'm sweating, mom. I need to take a minute to slow down and think about what is I, what do I really want my child to know? I want her to know that I believe in her body. I believe I trust her to listen to her body. I trust her to tune in, check in. Are you really too hot? What will you do if you start to get cold? How will you know you're starting to get cold? Okay, I trust you. And then she takes off her coat, runs around and puts it back on when she's cold and I can completely trust her in that. But they like, it's easy to just kind of go through the motions of these things and think, you know, what are we like, just what are we communicating to our kids when we insist that they wear a coat when they're saying I'm hot, you know, this is just a silly thing. Of course, you know, I'm like, I'm in Wisconsin, it gets really, really cold here. And of course they have to wear coats when it's dangerously cold. But when it's in that borderline area, Oh, I want my kids to practice listening to themselves and trusting their intuition because it's so, I think it's so hard for us as moms to trust our intuition because we've lived our whole lives being told not to. And I don't want that mm. for my kids. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I, <laughs> so I feel like that wasn't a great answer to your question, but I mean, getting curious with yourself and deciding what it is that you really want and how you, you know, and how can your day-to-day -day parenting influence that long-term outcome that you want. Ding, ding, ding. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So Laura, where can they find you? I, well, hold on. I, I just want to say that I really loved this conversation. Like that oh, was, I, I, you know, just being able to dive into stuff like that, that I feel like is not talked about very often. Uh, so one of, one of my mom training, um, like topics is emotional mental coping. And I would say that this is like part relationship communication, part emotional mental coping of being able to 
know where you're at and like what you need and how to take care of yourself to be balanced. So I just feel like this isn't talked about a lot. So I really appreciate you being able, being willing to dive in to this topic and share your wisdom with us. Like I loved it. Oh, thanks so much. It was so much fun to talk. Like, obviously, I like to nerd out on some of these things. So I was (laughs) so happy to be able to, I don't know, join you in this conversation. It was a lot of fun for me, too. Yeah, totally. So where can they find you? I know that you're you do awesome on Instagram, you guys. She does lots of videos about she does themes during different months. Like she's really she's really fun to follow on Instagram. So I know that they can follow you on Instagram and I'll put your Instagram in the show notes. But do, do you have any other places that they can find you? Yeah, yeah. So if you like this sort of conversation, this is the conversation I have every week on my podcast, The Balanced Parent. Um, So I would love to have you all come over and hang out with me. Um, And yeah, so I mean, we talk about relationships, marriage, parenting, and taking really good care of yourself too. So we cover it all as the marriage and family therapist should. Um, But yeah, that's I don't know. I spend most of my time on Instagram these days. I really like making reels. Yeah, no, and you do. They're fun. I like them. I like how you do them. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we'll put that, that info in the show notes, show notes, because we definitely want them to connect with you. Um, And so ladies, hope you've enjoyed today and hopefully you can pull something from it that uh, we talked about today to be able to apply to your own life and help yourself be more you know, be more responsive instead of reactive and to enjoy your parenting more. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.